Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Nature Boost. I'm your host, Jill Pritchard with the Missouri Department of Conservation. First off, I want to send a big thank you for being a supporter of the podcast. I feel incredibly lucky to be part of a project like this and learning all about nature in Missouri and the different opportunities the state has to offer. And to get to share those experiences with you is just incredible. And this podcast truly would not be possible without the listeners and the support. So on that note, I want to hear from you. Let me know what you would like to hear on this podcast, any topics that you're more interested in learning about. And in return, I'll send you a Nature Boost t-shirt. Just shoot me an email on the website at missouriconservation.org forward slash nature boost and scroll to the bottom of the page to send me a message and I'll get that shirt right out to you. We know Missouri is the show me state. That phrase tends to confuse a lot of people who aren't from Missouri. Um, I'm from Missouri, but, and it confused me for years and years. Uh, There's several theories on how that phrase came to be popular. One of which attributing the saying to former U.S. Congressman Willard Duncan Vandiver, who gave a speech at a naval banquet in Philadelphia in 18. 99. During said speech, he expressed his incredulity regarding political affairs, saying, I'm from Missouri. You've got to show me. Now the phrase has evolved and is used to indicate how Missourians have a reputation for believing only what they see. In addition to the show me state, Missouri has another nickname that interests me a lot more the cave state. Why are we known as the cave state? Because there are more than 7,000 documented caves in Missouri. That number is so hard to get my mind around. I knew there were a lot of caves in Missouri, but not more than 7,000. And there's more caves being mapped each year. What makes a cave a cave? The word likely has you picturing a big dark opening in the side of a cliff or a black hole in the ground where you find bats or even a hibernating bear. There are so many caves in Missouri because much of the state is a karst landscape consisting of porous limestone and dolomite where caves, springs, sinkholes, and natural bridges form. Some of our largest caves formed ages ago as completely water-filled cavities. Do you remember naturalist Shelley Kalatsky from the turtle episode we did earlier this year? Shelley is MDC's cave expert and regularly leads educational programs on caves. Last month, she let me tag along on a tour of a cave in eastern Missouri. Take a listen. I've heard the term splunking but that's not a term that you use anymore, is it? No, so the proper term is like caving. People aren't really familiar with caving, so they call it splunking. I mean, it's the same thing. It's just the proper term is caving. Can you tell me a little bit about this cave that we're going into? Yeah, so this cave, it's a, a nice stream cave, a stream coming out of it. Um, it used to be open to the public. Anybody can come into it um, prior to white nose syndrome which is the disease affecting bats. And then in 2010, we put a gate on it because of white nose syndrome. Recently, we started opening up some caves to educational programming with guided MDC staff. And so this one, we're now taking people in for educational purposes. Roughly how many caves are in Missouri? Over 7,500, lots, lots of caves. So we're second to Tennessee 
Tennessee has 10,000, and then we're, we're second with over 7,500. It's, it's closer to 7,600 now, but each year more and more caves are added uh, to the database. And these are all natural caves, not like quarries or man-made caves. These are all natural caves. You said that we're second only to Tennessee. Why do you think Missouri has so many caves? Yeah, so it's our based on our geology, and like I said, I'm not a geologist, but based on the geology, the Ozark Plateau, pretty much the south of Missouri River, okay, has a lot of that karst topography. North Missouri River, except for like in the northeast section of the state, the northeast section of the state actually has quite a bit of karst topography, like uh, Hannibal and Pike County. Um, but however, the further west you go and northwest, it's all that like prairie habitat. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so any of that glaciated uh, area doesn't contain the right type of bedrock. And so it doesn't have any of those natural caves in there. They're deeper soils. And so it's just, it's really neat. The geology of Missouri, it's just unique. Now why we are second to Tennessee is a question because, you know, like Arkansas has the same kind of, you know, geology. Um, however, it also might be the number of people looking in the state too, but also like the boot heel in Missouri doesn't have any caves because it's that swamp, that swamp habitat. So, you know, it just depends on the type of bedrock karst uh, topography forms. Whenever I was talking to people about exploring this topic, everybody recommended, oh, Shelly Kletsky, she's, she's the woman you need to talk to. So I want to know why you find caves so fascinating? Well, it's actually quite interesting. I started out with, in grad school, doing bat ecology work for Indiana bats. I came out a couple times with Bill Elliott when I was in grad school. So Bill Elliott was our cave ecologist at the time. That was my first time actually doing cave work, and I just fell in love with it because it's so, you know, it's such a cool environment. There's a lot of creatures there that are found nowhere else, nowhere else on Earth. And it's just like an unknown environment that not a lot of people get to explore. Sometimes they're endemic to one cave, or sometimes they're endemic to a region. So like the Tumbling, Tumbling Creek cave snail is only found in one cave in the entire world, versus like the Grotto Salamander is found in a particular region, so like the Ozark region in Ar Arkansas, Oklahoma, and uh, Missouri. Pretty spot back here. Oh, cool. oh wow. If that doesn't look like the epitome of what a like that is just open mouth in there, and you can see can, you can see like from so the stream what it does is it runs through the cave, um, and on a good day it'll be flowing the whole this whole thing will be flowing. But you can see like it'll run through there, and then kind of go under those rocks into uh, that stream there, and you can see that the water is pretty murky. Yeah. And that's from us when we did the school program. So like they said earlier, the group that was out here said that they could see the water turning murky as it comes through. Because it's the same stream. So this stream comes out of the cave. It goes kind of in the rocks and then down and, and down under the ground and through the rocks there and then comes back out here. So as you can see the... Just from people... Just from people walking in the stream. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Are there... Uh stalactites and stalagmites yes here. yeah so there's columns in here stalagmites stalactites there's soda straws and then all sorts of other what's a soda straw so they they look like little straws <laughs> they look like little straws grown from the ceiling they take like i forget how how much it is but like an inch or so one square inch or so it takes sometimes over 100 years to grow i forgot exactly i'll have to get you the exact thing but one of my colleagues was in here earlier and he was given that calculation 
but I know it's something like around an inch or so, cubic inch maybe? Maybe he said cubic inch. Takes Takes time? around 100 years, sometimes less, sometimes more, but it's just, you know, these things are really slow growing. And so that's why we have to be really careful when we go into these caves and not touch, like touch the formations, especially if you see any, like the white uh, calcite growing mm-hmm. on them. That means the cave is, quote, alive. So the water's still flowing through. The calcite is forming the stalagmites and stalactites. The cave, sometimes there's cave bacon. It looks like literally like bacon strips on the walls. Oh my gosh, I can't (laughs) wait to see. Let's go in. I don't want to hold us up anymore. We had one bat right up here. A bat was up here? Yeah, so there was three of them in here today. Could you tell what species? Yep. Oh, oh. Oh, Oh, my God. So that's a tricolor bat. That's a tricolor? Yep. It's so little. They were were a once common species. Used to be the most common species of bat, especially in uh, caves. And um, with white nose syndrome, it has decreased their population big time. And um, they can spend up to six months hibernating in caves. They're a little more fragile than a lot of the other bat species. Because of white-nose syndrome, they have been petitioned to be listed as an endangered species. So they have lost their population big time, but they're an important uh, part of cave ecology too. And that's a big thing to note when it comes to caving is that you don't want to be spreading any disease in and out, so you always need to be aware of that. When people go into caves, um, we always try to say, wear clothes that haven't been in other caves before, especially now that other states too. But also when you come out of caves, make sure to clean all of your gear, your shoes, because not only do we have to deal with white nose syndrome, but we have to worry about chytrid fungus, which acts the amphibians, so salamanders and frogs that live in the cave. And so we have to make sure to not only clean our, you know, clothes and our boots uh, for white nose, but also for chytrid fungus that spread throughout the water. Mm-hmm. In cave system, not just the water. Right. So when we're in this cave, uh, this cave has a lot of aquatic life in it. Um, you don't so think about aquatic life yeah, in a cave, do yeah, you? Yeah, no, um, because there's a, a constant cave stream in here, there's quite a bit of aquatic life. And... We have several species of salamander in here. So we were in here earlier and we had um, a long tail salamander and um, some slimy salamanders. But we also have had cave salamanders in here as well as dark-sided salamanders, which is a subspecies of the long tail salamander. Um, and there's been pickerel frogs found in here. Pickerel. Um, pickerel. Okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard of them. They look like a leopard frog, similar, oh. but they'll have yellow on the inside of their legs and they're going to be really common in cave caves, which when you think of caves... Um, you think, oh, how are these animals finding their way? That's right, because you know? it's so dark. It's so dark. Yeah. So, like, we turned our, I mean, right here is the twilight zone. So, um, and when, why do you say, because we've still got a little light. So you still have the light, yeah. From the opening of the cave, because yeah. we're not very far in it right now. Far. So, like, if you turned your lights off, you'll still be able to see the light coming in the cave. Right. And so that's, like, the twilight area of the cave. And as we go, like, you have the entrance, the twilight zone, and then total darkness and so like here you know some things we'll be able to see better total darkness darkness. that sounds like a (laughs) movie or you know i feel like jason statham would be in the main credits okay sorry yeah no we're about to be in total darkness yeah so we're about to be in total darkness but then you can also notice that some of the cave life here is is still the same throughout like the entrance and then the total darkness we have a lot of uh like red-eyed flies which are heliomyzid flies that live around i'm trying 
trying to figure out if I find some now. We have, oh, there's there's one right here. So that's a heliomyzid fly, and they're really common for caves, so they have little red eyes on them. Oh, wow. Um, we had mosquitoes in here earlier. Don't want to hear about that. <laughs> but they don't bite you in the cave because they're, like, nice and cool, and they're kind of, you know, <laughs> just kind of roosting in the cave. Okay. Um, and then you get the stream, stream life, salamander larvae. They also have amphipods, um, which are like the scuds, like those amphipods, isopods. And then further into the cave, you'll get like cave adapted life. So that is, the, they adapt to that total darkness. They'll be completely white and blind. I was so, going to say, yes. are they blind? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. So in here, I didn't see, you can see the little, the little scuds or amphipods. Oh, I see them kinda, yeah. yeah, moving around in the water. And so those, those can be the same that are seen in like surface streams. Um, a lot of them are like pregonics. Amphipods, you can see them in like surface streams as well as the cave streams, but there's also other a bunch of other species of amphipod too. They're only found in caves sometimes too, but they're gonna be that complete white, that white color. Amphipods are just everywhere. So this section here we're going under um, is kind of a, a slight crawl, not like crawl claw, but you know, you can almost like a crouchy yeah, kind of. Maybe some sections where you have to put your knees on, but sure. But um, yeah, that's why we were helmets. <laughs> And it opens back up. But sometimes you find some salamanders, and you can see up here too when you get here, Jill, you can see like the stalagmites and stalactites growing. Oh, whoa! So there's there's some. You can see the. Oh, shit! <laughs> that's why we were Yeah, that's so it's Oh, so you can oh see wow. The stalactites, meaning they grow from the ceiling, versus stalagmites, where they grow from the ground. Stalactite ceiling. Yeah, stalagmite. Yeah, so stalagmite ground. So G for ground, G for ceiling. C for ceiling. Yeah. And then you can can see some of the other, like this right here is the active calcite growing. I don't mean this is a bad thing, but it all looks so slimy. Yeah, Um, and so that's what we have to be very, like, that's why, like, wearing gloves in caves, too, is going to help because it's going to protect... It's, you, know, you don't want to touch that active stuff either because any kind of dirt or anything from your hands can get on there and just like kind of just kill the activeness of it. But you can see these are just constantly dripping, constantly yeah. forming. Yeah. I, yeah, just one drop just fell right there. Yeah. Wow. Yes, I will get buff, let you lead the way. I have to say, being only five foot tall, <laughs> It does help a little bit. And then, um, like the all, all the yellow sparkly stuff you see on the ceiling. Oh yeah, I do. Like, if you look yeah. Here, that's all that they call chemolithoautotrophic bacteria. So they call it CLAT, CLAT for short. But chemolithoautotrophic bacteria is usually found within like a thousand feet of the cave. The first thousand feet of the cave. Um, is this in every cave, or is just certain ones? <laughs> well. It's found in a lot of them. It's a common. Um, it's a it's common. common you may yeah. see the yeah. the kind of glittery yeah. ceiling. So you can see they're in gold or silver, um, and that with the with the moisture on it, it kind of makes it really sparkle. You know. It, yeah. And but the it's a bacteria, and they get its food from the cave wall. The only bad thing about the rechargeable headlamps <laughs> is they do not last very long. But that's okay. <laughs> you always want to carry three sources of light when you're in a cave, especially if you're going to be in there for, for a long period of time. And definitely when you're caving to have a map with you, 
especially if you don't know where you're going. And always have someone in there that at least is somewhat familiar with the cave. But if not, make sure you get permissions to go in the cave first from people. But yeah, permission's a big thing. And then never go caving by yourself. If you get hurt, no one's gonna find you under here. I mean, and that, that brings up another point is that let people know where you are before you go caving, but never go alone just because if someone's here, they can help you go find help or something because you won't get cell phone service in a cave. <laughs> I think that's really good advice to, to point out. Um, it may seem like a fun thing to do in the moment, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can be pretty intimidating. Here, and here's a column. So this is where a, a column, so where a stalagmite and a stalactite are growing together, and it forms a column. So sometimes you're going to see, in caves, you're going to see huge columns. And if we, I don't think we're going to be able to make it back to the very back today, but if we made it to the very back, there's a giant column that's from, from ceiling to the floor is really big. But you know, these these are columns, so this is where a stalagmite and stalactite just grew together. Gotcha. That is a pretty cool uh, phenomenon when they're kind of working together like that. Wow, so this is calcium growing Yeah, so that's the calcium uh, growing down. Or calcite, yeah, the calcite growing down. Um, and you can see sometimes they're gonna have these like pools um, that are lined with the calcium. And these pools provide really good opportunities for um, invertebrates as well as um, larval salamander to grow. Wow. And this is where we want to like reiterate too about not touching. Right. Um, because the more people touch, the more it like just quote dies. It doesn't have that really pretty life anymore. Versus like this side, you can see where it's more, doesn't have that pretty close, or, you know, pretty calcite growing. I see, yeah, there is a difference there. Yeah, so the, the caves come in all sorts of shapes and sizes and length. Um, so some of our longest caves are in Shannon County and Perry County. And we have one MDC cave that's almost nine miles in length. That's in Shannon County. The most caves are in Shannon County, but the longest caves in Perry County at over 30 miles in length. 30 miles? Yeah. And that's not just like one one straight passage, but that's like different passages going back oh, and forth. Oh, yeah, they branch out. Yeah, yeah. So that the most the most caves in the state are found in Shannon County. Like they have the most per county mm -hmm. um, with second to Perry County, but then Perry County has the longest, some of the longest caves, including the longest cave, which, um, and then there's a, a cave in, in um, Camden County too that has, a, a, it's pretty long and it keeps getting longer too, so. Um, so I was yeah. just going to ask that. Do, can they continue to grow then? Can they? Uh, yeah, so the water, um, you know, as long as the water is eroding um, through, you know, it's going to take a long, long, right. long time. But yeah, so some of the, as long as there's water in the cave, um, it's going to continue to maybe, you know, make those formations, make those side passages and stuff. And, and a lot of the caves that people are exploring are just so big, they haven't had time to map everything. So now they're just keep, they keep adding on to these caves because as they have more time to explore or they have smaller people <laughs> to, to make it through these little holes. Um, so sometimes they have to send a real, you know, some small people through these holes to, to but the, the amazing thing is they send these people through these small holes and it opens up really big again. Oh, wow. So it's just really, it's really cool. You never know what you're going to find in a cave. Back this way here, there's um, it's like a mud crawl back here. So sometimes you have to get more on your hands and knees to get like maybe on your belly at some spots. And then it opens up completely big again for like 25 foot ceiling some. Your cave. Um, it's pretty big back there. It's a really cool cave. This is really important for a lot of salamanders and frogs. And there used to be a lot of bats here prior to White Nose, um, but, but it, White Nose did a lot of damage to the bats that lived at this site, so. 
Yeah. Do you have a favorite cave in Missouri? Um, well, probably Devil's Icebox in Columbia. Yeah, that was probably my favorite one to go into because you canoe through it and then you have to, you know, it's just, it's really cool. I think it's probably my favorite, my favorite cave. Yeah. There's a lot of caves and I've been to like over 150 of them, which doesn't seem like a lot, but... But it's a lot. You know, when there's 7,500 caves. <laughs> well, yeah, when you're comparing it to how many are in Missouri. <laughs> but, lot, but I think yeah. Devil's Icebox is pretty cool because it has such a really diverse cave life. They got really unique species in there. And it's just a unique experience because you got the canoe through it. And then you, then you have this big, huge hill where we, like, take our canoes and land them on the whatever. And then we continue on for a while to, to keep exploring and documenting species. And that's a really cool, that's a really cool cave. It's hard to pick a favorite, but that's probably the favorite. <laughs> what, is there anything else you'd like people to know about caves in Missouri? Well, yeah, so caves are really important. Um, you know, they're a unique ecosystem that a lot of people don't get to see. And there's a lot of life in here that maybe people don't know that we still, there might be other species we don't know exist, right? So there might be new species awaiting to be discovered in these caves because not a lot of caves are heavily studied for invertebrates. And um, even though we have we have a few people in the state that study the invertebrates, but, you know, they can't be everywhere. There's just it seems like there's like a lot missing that there could be some stuff just waiting to know. Like Tumbling Creek Cave um, in Taney County is the most diverse cave west of the Mississippi um, that we know of. But it's most one of the most heavily studied caves, too. So there's constantly research in there about different invertebrates. Um, that's where the Tumbling Creek Cave Snail lives. And there's many endemic species of like millipedes and other things that live there. But that's because it's really a really well-known studied cave. So it's like, what are we missing? Like, what are we missing in this cave? You know, and, and stuff like that. So it almost reminds me of studying the ocean. You know, it goes so deep and yeah. like there's there's still so much that people don't know that right. they're, they're still researching. And, yeah. You know, who yeah. knows? You could almost say the same thing about caves. Absolutely. I mean, caves are, are not really well studied, um, but we definitely need to make sure to tell people to protect them as much as possible because they are really fragile. We don't want to disturb the bats during wintertime. Um, there was only three bats in here in this cave today. If there were a lot of bats in here. We'd have to tell people to right. turn around it's really important to make sure to protect these and, and when you're in the cave to respect like don't you know don't carve your name into things don't spray paint the walls and if you're going to be in there explore and try to figure out what animals are in there too you know figure out what wildlife because that you might discover something new and working with cave research foundation or your local grotto club is going to be a really good way to get involved in the caving so there's throughout the state there's multiple grottos um so like in st louis there's the merrimack valley grotto there's the stygian grotto there's middle mississippi grotto um in columbia there's like the Choteau grotto springfield there's the springfield plateau grotto and some other kansas city there's the kansas city grotto so there's multiple grottos around the state they go to other places around um, right. and get people involved so that's a really a good way to get people involved in the caving is is getting those people um, into those grottos because they do biomonitoring as well as mapping caves. And so like we've got Cave Research Foundation working with, with us in DC and they've got an agreement with us to map and monitor all of our caves so they can get us more information for us. I was just going to ask if anybody was interested in learning more or becoming a caver. Yeah, a caver or a cave biologist or cave ecologist. Most of the terms are cavers. Okay, gotcha. Oh, all right, good. Yeah. Glad that that was my first one. Yeah, but what resources were yes. you would recommend? Yeah, so, yeah. so getting, getting your local grotto or cave resource foundation, Missouri's Geological Survey, and the um, Missouri Caves and Karts Conservancy are really excellent organizations to get involved with okay and yeah we can turn our lights off real quick oh can be in the in the total 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 darkness darkness
All right, Shelly, help me because I can't put it here. There we go. So, like, when we're out here, we also try to explain to the kids, like, but imagine yourself in, in here without any lights, and we, like, try to have them in complete silent for a second to see what they hear. You can hear, like, water dripping. Depends on the cake. But could you imagine coming in here and your lights die? <laughs> like, how yeah. would you get up? So that's why we always recommend having three sources of light and making sure they're all working. I mean, you can't even see your hand no. in front of your face. No, and some people think they can. Right, okay? and yeah. And so that's like one of those, like, you know, mind... Kind of a mind trick, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's very, very, you know, imagine these animals coming in, like the raccoons and everything else coming in. They're, they're not seeing anything either. Of course, they see a little better in dark than we do, but... It's total darkness. They're working their way by feel. Um, and it's so curvy and there's so many, th- you know, yes. things. Like, it's not a one-way shot. It's, no. There's a lot of obstacles. Yeah, yeah. It's really difficult. So that's, whenever people go into caves, make sure they have proper equipment. So that means helmet because, you know, I hit my head several times today. And luckily, Same. Yeah. So luckily we have helmets on our head, right? So that's going to protect it. Also wearing proper footwear. Something you're, you're going to be okay with getting wet. Today is warm outside, but if it was cold outside, you want to wear clothes that are going to keep you warm. Keep you warm. So if you get wet, like, you know, cotton's probably not going to do a really good job. So, like, I wear, like, neoprene long underwear underneath and wool socks. And so, like, safety is really important. So just making sure that, you know, you wear the safe, safe equipment. Absolutely. And your lights. Yeah, <laughs> lights. Because, yeah. Woo, this is total darkness. Total darkness. <laughs> Shelly, thank you so much. This has been amazing. This is great. What a cool experience. Missouri has wild caves and commercial caves. Now, I've been in commercial caves in Missouri before, ones that have been altered for public visits ones such as Miramac Caverns or Bridal Cave or Mark Twain Cave. But this was my first time exploring a wild cave, one that is totally in its natural state that hasn't been renovated at all. And I want to thank Shelly again for allowing me to have that experience. Her knowledge and expertise on caves is so impressive. And it was such a delight to have her point out all of the things that we were seeing, the variety of invertebrates, the different salamanders that inhabit caves, the tricolored bat that was dangling from the ceiling in the beginning. That I would not have seen that if she had not pointed that out. (laughs) And of course, teaching me all about the cave formations. One thing she mentioned is caves are alive. And that is something I still think about to this day. In my mind, caves were these dark, desolate places. But she helped me to learn that they're actually growing, albeit extremely slowly. But they do continue to expand. And not only that, but they're ecosystems that support more than a thousand wildlife species. If you want to learn more, read Shelley's article she wrote for the March 2023 issue of the Missouri Conservationist magazine. You can find that article online at missouriconservation.org forward slash Missouri dash conservationist. But I'll link that in the show notes for you to more easily find it. It's such an informative article if you're looking to learn more about caves. Thanks again to MDC naturalist Shelly Kalatsky. And thank you to you for listening to another episode of Nature Boost. 
I'm Jill Pritchard with the Missouri Department of Conservation, encouraging you to get your daily dose of the outdoors.